0: what's up everybody this is your host chelsea and we're back with the welfare culture podcast today we're going to talk all about social justice, Black Lives Matter, and how this relates to the indigenous community and the indigenous wellness movement. We wanna just say upfront that we are allies to the black community in this fight for their lives and livelihood. We 100% support the Black Lives Matter movement, and uh, we found it really important to include an episode about this topic in our podcast because we are going to be doing our best to spread awareness and to educate and just to support this movement in every
1: way that we can. Skoog relatives and friends, this is your co-host, Tosh Collins. I want to thank you for joining us today as we discuss racism and our roles in the current Black Lives Matter movement. As you all may know, on May 25th, a Minneapolis police officer murdered an unarmed black man named George Floyd. And this tragic event has sparked an outrage across the entire country, causing a lot of people to get out to protest this injustice. And as we know, this is no new issue as this has been happening to the black community for 400 years and more. But for some reason, this time, this one really hits home for a lot of people and really has ignited something in many people across the country to get out and do something about it. Also leading up to this incident, As we all know, as you may have heard, there was a series of other racist events that took place where innocent black people were either killed or harassed for simply being black. And enough is enough. We are all sick and tired of this. We're sick and tired of systemic racism, white supremacy and police brutality, taking innocent black lives with no one held accountable. And as indigenous people, we stand with the black community because we recognize that all of our struggles are rooted in colonialism. So we want to really commend all those out there that have been protesting, making moves to create systemic change, advocating for police reform and demanding some accountability for the innocent lives that have been lost to police brutality. So anytime for myself, there's an issue of police brutality that comes into the spotlight, it really impacts me. And you may remember from one of our earlier episodes i mentioned how our family lost my brother in 2003 and he was killed by a group of police officers who use excessive force that's a story for another time because right now i want to stand in solidarity with the black community and i want to extend my heart to the family of george floyd and to all the other black families out there who had lost relatives due to police brutality and anyone else out there who has been emotionally impacted by all the recent injustices
0: So we start by, yes, pointing out that indigenous people also face police brutality and that racism is also systemic in indigenous communities and that we have a shared history of colonialism that both black people and native people have faced. And those are all relevant points to Um, I think that really informed the solidarity that a lot of native people feel with the Black Lives Matter movement and with, um, black advocacy and activism, generally speaking, and the other way around too, you know, a lot of black people supported native people during Standing Rock and over the last few weeks or so of hearing different, um, Black leaders speak about this issue. Many of them are drawing in examples of indigenous and Native American oppression that take place um, side by side with their communities in this country. So, um, So yes, there is this level of solidarity. Now, with all of that being said, we would like to say that this is our time to support the Black movement and to not co-opt this conversation or make it all about us. It's really important that we give space to uh, the Black leaders and the Black community who are impacted by this violence that is unique to their circumstance, and that we support that. And we really believe that it is our role to be good relatives, We talked about that over social media when we released a statement. And, you know, as we were thinking about how we could offer support, that was one of the first things that came to mind is that ancestral Lakota, Dakota teaching that says it's very important to be a good relative. And as we know, when Native people talk about relatives, we're not just talking about mom, dad, cousin, auntie. We're talking about being a relative to the world, to our fellow human beings. And there's nothing more important than to know that we have a responsibility to those around us who are suffering, who are struggling, who we maybe can try to help. And so it's with that mentality that we approach this circumstance.
1: Yeah. And when you talk about that, that makes me think about back in my community, anytime a family lost a relative, all the extended family and all of the friends would come around to that family. They would come to their, their aid, their support. They'd bring all of their love. They'd bring their medicine to help that family grieve. They would cook for the family. They'll do work around the house and allow that family to be able to have a time to grieve and to be able to plan their their ceremonial services to put the relative back into the ground. And throughout native country, I've traveled to different communities and I've heard some of the knowledge keepers in those communities say that, you know, one village would be grieving the loss and another small village would come over and just sing for them until they felt that they were strong enough to get back to their daily life once again. And that's the way we should think about this situation. That's the way we should think about this on a larger scale, on a national scale, is that think about we as indigenous people are helping coming to the aid of all of our black relatives. We're coming here to support. We're coming to help uplift and to stand with them and to relate and to connect. But but support them in their movement and not use this as an opportunity to uh, start to bring up our issues. We are always going to be, all of us, working on the issues that we all are facing as a result of colonialism and neocolonialism. We are all going to be continue these um, but right now, it's important to give space to the Black community who's grieving the loss of their citizen, and all of us that are grieving the loss of that—that that triggers uh, so much more.
0: And that's a, that's a perfect analogy you bring up, thosh because I think that you know one thing that we've been hearing—you uh, mentioned that you got a message about this—is um, you know certain Native people feeling like um, it's hard to support this movement because we don't ever get any attention on indigenous issues or nationwide support on, um, native issues. And, you know, to that, on one hand, I understand the trauma that comes from feeling ignored and from feeling marginalized. But on the other hand, um, it's not going to help anybody if we don't support the black community. And it's also inappropriate to always put our struggle first. You know, with that example you gave of, of a funeral happening and a death in a family and the whole community coming out, that's the way to do it. Because, you know, of course, everybody could say, well, yeah, you had somebody die in your family, but we have people die in our family all the time. So we're not gonna go help you. Well, that doesn't really make any sense. Um so so think about that analogy as you um as you consider uh the importance of supporting this movement. So we want to jump right into talking about how does racism and social justice tie in with wellness, period. And we'll start by saying Going back to our indigenous wellness model called the seven circles of wellness, one of those circles is community. We acknowledge that our kinship, our clanship, our community is an integral part of who we are and of our total well being. And the more that we contribute to our community, to our family, to our sacred circle around us, the better off everybody's life will be. It is our responsibility as Native people to observe and to participate in community. So again, when you're looking at yourself as a citizen of the world, our black relatives are a part of our community. We're tied together by our indigeneity, by our roots in this country, and by the oppression that we have faced and being invested in the good of others around you and contributing to the world around you is a huge part of the wellness journey from an indigenous perspective.
1: And so one of the best ways for us as families to start processing everything that we're witnessing in a society and how it's affecting our spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional well-being is utilizing the talking circle protocol. And every nation has their own protocols. So find out what it is that your people follow. But we encourage the families, friends, to sit down, have talking circles. Start off with some words of giving of thanks. Give thanks for what we have, what we have here and now. Ask for guidance from all of our our ancestors, all our relatives that have moved on to come and sit with us and help guide us into the right direction. Give us clarity um, and help us be grounded and be able to speak our truth. and what helps too with a talking circle is to use an object, to use any kind of object. It could be of cultural significance, uh, a rock of some sort, um, anything. And whoever has that is the person that gets to speak and everybody else's his job is to open up their hearts and open up their ears and to listen, um, listen to what that person is saying and then even help them process whatever it is that they're confused about, but and, and, and uh, so go whichever direction that you go maybe that's counterclockwise maybe that's clockwise and let everybody go around the circle and discuss what their feelings are what they're witnessing right now on social media especially for young people or all of our young people are they're looking at um, everything on Snapchat they're looking at TikTok everything on Twitter and Instagram they're seeing all of these videos of people rioting they're seeing videos of clashes between police and protesters and rioters and um, a lot of racial tensions and so it may be very confusing for a lot of young people. And it's important for them to process, help them to process what it is that they're seeing.
0: So we believe that Talking Circle is, um, it's an ancestral tool that should be used all the time in our households and in our community events anyway. And some Native communities are doing that all the time, some of us not so much. But um, we really encourage everybody to uh, readapt this practice if you haven't been doing this lately and um you know like dosh mentioned that that whoever is speaking is holding an object an object so that it's very clear who has the floor at that time and very important to let everybody have the floor and be able to express their emotions their questions their concerns and for everybody else in the vicinity to be an active listener So when you're having these conversations at home, you can make sure that everybody has been heard and that everybody is actively listening. So TVs are shut off, you know, phones are put away and um, you're just really having those opportunities to communicate. The other thing is um, think about the social media climate as a talking circle and that you are a part of it. And we really encourage active listening and learning in these circumstances as well. That's part of being an ally is to really listen and learn. And at the same time as you, you know, you may be posting and, um, and that's good to, to use your voice and to speak out and to share um, your thoughts and your feelings and your support for the Black community on this issue. That's excellent. But make sure that as much as you're doing that, you're also doing your learning and your listening. Because, uh, you know, just as when there's an in, uh, a Native American movement happening and we really want to be heard and it's really important to us that um, the public begins to understand what we're going through, that's what the Black community is going through right now. So it's really important to be an active listener. So we really encourage that right now. As part of your personal wellness, be an active listener in the talking circle of world. So the next point that we want to talk about, and this is something that a lot of people have been mentioning, it's not enough to just not be racist. It's now become very important to be actively anti-racist. And so one of the ways that we can practice that is by self-evaluating our own biases that we may carry. Because here's the thing, even though we're native people, we were still raised in this uh, American or Canadian society that exacerbates and promotes stereotypes and racism in all of these uh, different factions of uh, pop culture and media and sometimes, and and in our schooling and uh, in conversations that we have. So sometimes we honestly carry biases that we don't even realize we're doing or we carry um, stereotypes or uh, or we might be ignorant to certain parts of American history that are really, really important to the Black community or to other populations, just as a lot of people who aren't actively racist against Native people, but they might not know the first thing about tribal histories. And, um and because of that ignorance might carry some biases about Native people so self-evaluate and start really having open honest conversations with each other about um do uh, do we have biases uh one of the examples that Tosh and I were talking about the other day is you know we hear people um tell stories. And they'll say, well, there was a black guy that came into the store and did this or that, or this Asian guy, you know, blah, 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 blah. We hear that in casual conversation on the res. And, you know, so if, so these are the little things Mm -hmm. that we have to change about our communities and that we have to no longer accept as the status quo. And, um, These are the kind of things that we have to stand against when we hear family members and community members. And there's gentle ways of doing it. You don't have to yell at people or be mad. But just like bringing up these conversations is worth your time and it's worth everybody's time. And most importantly, know that your children are listening. Mm -hmm. We have a two-year-old. And we are going to continue to actively call each other out on any biases or any um, slight forms of discrimination that we hear out and about. And if we happen to be out and about somewhere and we hear somebody saying something that's wrong or racist or discriminatory, maybe even if we don't have the courage to address that in the moment, you know, when we get back in the car, and we're driving home and our daughter's in the backseat. It doesn't matter, you know, if she's five years old or if she's 15. We're going to sit there and analyze that situation that just happened. And we're going to talk to her about why it was wrong. Mm-hmm. This is these are the efforts that we have to make to create a better world.
1: Yes. And that's that's the world we live in. And this is why we have to consciously do these things. Like you say, recognize our own biases And objectively, consciously help our children to process the things that we've seen. Even just the other day in the parking lot of the grocery store, Aloe and I was sitting in the truck and there was a woman that goes by and she's yelling obscenities to other people in the parking lot who were probably harassing her of some sort. And Aloe was looking at that. So I turned around and I was like, it's okay, love. It's okay. And I started to comfort her, even though she didn't show any kind of signs of distress, but what if she was a seven or eight year old child seeing this woman yell and obscenities and you know, we don't do that in our household. So that might be traumatizing for a child. It's important that we're going to be witnessing these things in our, our world. And we have to objectively help our children to process that. That's the world we live in now. And it is, it's, it's just, it's such an important thing. And yes, We talked about this all the time is that one thing we notice in our communities is that anytime someone tells a story, they always identify the person by their ethnicity. And I used to do that for a long time myself and I catch myself still. But I always challenge, I say, let's tell the story about the person and not say what the color of the skin was, or not say what their ethnicity was. Does it have much to do with the story? You know? We're so conditioned. We don't even think about these things. And we this is what we have to do. We have to really look inside. We have to be, um, you know, we have to have enough courage to look at ourselves and say, yeah, I have biases and I need to change that. I need to learn different. Because like Chelsea said, the children are watching us, the young generation, they learn how to act from watching those around them. So these are very important things, I think.
0: So again, just as important as it is to go to your yoga class or to do your morning meditation or lift weights today, you know, these tough conversations and actively um, teaching anti-racism in the home and in your community and advocating against that stuff. This is a part of the wellness journey. This is a part of making a better world because we look at everything through the lens of community as indigenous people who carry these values, that's our role, that's what we're supposed to do. And that's what we've learned from our ancestors. So we really encourage people to continue these
1: these conversations. And I know that sometimes this can be kind of difficult navigating this in our communities because there could be elders and people from the older generation that still have these biases and they may be in a position of of sharing knowledge, and they may say these things. That's where us younger generation we have to be able to discern between what is what is right and what is what is a, a learned behavior that we have learned from colonialism. And of course, it's not respectful to uh, point this out, especially if it's an elder person if they're doing it and they don't understand. That is why it's important for our generation to be able to discern what is ours teachings and what isn't and to be able to pass that down to that next generation.
0: Remember that people of color, native people, black people, Asian people in America, our Latinx community, do not have the luxury of deciding whether or not they're going to care about race issues from one day to the next. We are all living in a white supremacist society that has passed down generations of racism, trauma, social injustices that are systemic and ingrained in the very fabric of American society. And as people of color in this country, we're living the reality of that every single day, whether it's seeing our families struggle from addiction, whether it's not being offered the same salary for a job that a white person is doing, when you have equal or better education and qualifications, whether it's uh, just trying to go about your day and going shopping at the grocery store and you overhear a racist comment that makes your blood boil. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but again, we don't have, as people of color, the luxury of deciding from one day to the next whether or not uh, racism is... and and. Uh, and these issues are gonna impact our lives. And so we say that to bring up another issue that we've seen on wellness-related social media. I have seen a number of wellness influencers who happen to be white saying things to the effect of, you know, normally I don't talk about stuff like this on my platform because I use my platform to share positivity only. And if you're a person who has expressed a similar sentiment, I want you to to think about that and to remember that that is a very privileged statement to say, I only share positivity. And this is something that others have evaluated and talked about at length. And you can Google this term toxic positivity. And that's basically what that is, is, um, not recognizing the luxury of not caring. And so again, just if you're a person who kind of has that positive vibes only mentality, just recognize the privilege in that. And that can be your journey toward activism and advocacy. Recognizing those those moments and saying I want to I want to get to a place where these things do bother me, where where I do realize how racism against Black people and police brutality against Black people impacts the whole world, including the world I and my children live in. I think it's all of our responsibility to do that as allies. So no more toxic positivity for the wellness people out there. So the next thing we're t- going to talk about is uh and this is kind of more subtle that we've been seeing um and we and honestly i don't even know if i'm able to articulate this in the best way possible but i just want to encourage people out there to not assume that your audience is privileged as a native woman i follow a lot of people in the wellness world and you know fashion bloggers and um politicians and all kinds of different people who it always kind of surprises me. Like on one hand, they'll say that they care about diversity, but on another hand, they don't whatsoever seem to cater to or speak directly to their diverse audience. And one of the ways that we see that is a lot of wealthier people will say, you need to donate, 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 donate. And that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth. And um, don't necessarily present an alternative to that. And i just like to kindly remind everyone that it's often, you know, Black people, Native people, uh, those of us who are struggling with these day-to-day issues are also those of us that don't necessarily have the means to donate. You know, I mean, and, and think about how obnoxious that sounds. Even, you know, you might be speaking to a your audience, and not realizing that even the the young professionals out there from communities of color, those who do have a little bit of money and a little bit of means, probably have family members who they want to directly help. And that's a priority that comes before donating to some organization where they don't necessarily know where their money is going to go. So don't assume the privilege in your audience and maybe before saying, donate, donate, talk about, hey, if you're a person of color out there who's helping out your family, helping out yourself, that's activism and that's good. You know, you can say that. And then say, you know, to my audience who is privileged, these are ways that we can donate to organizations. And just remember that, that there's a sense of privilege in in, in people. And, who, who are able to donate. And there's also an aspect of being a bit removed from a community. If the only way that you mo- can monetarily contribute to that community is by donating to an organization, that might mean that you're not a person who is actually a
1: part of that community. So just be careful with that, with that word donate. We're gonna list some resources in the notes section That will teach you how to take action if you're unable to donate and so we would love to see this continue we'd love to see everyone's efforts standing for justice and equality to continue because right now what we're even seeing on our social media timeline is we're seeing people who normally do not post about any sort of societal issues or activism, uh, Black Lives Matter issues. And we would love to see consistent, consistent follow up. We would love to see people to continue to stay on this path and utilize their platforms to share about creating awareness. And so check the notes section. We'll share some resources there for you.
0: So we want to share some methods for being a a supportive family member and community member for our relatives out there who are undergoing stress and who are feeling the trauma and feeling the pain of the racism and everything that's taken place right now in the Black community. We want to share some resources for, and just some methods and techniques for how uh, how we can support that. And just a reminder again, um, how, you know, uh, it's not an option. Most people don't, people of color don't have the privilege of caring about this or not. And so what that means is there is heightened levels of stress. There are heightened levels of, of tension and of depression. And uh, we want to try to help out with that in, in some way. So we're going to share some techniques for that. And before we get into that, I also just wanted to mention something that we did mention in our, uh, in our statement on social media is that is that one of the things we're seeing, and again, wellness people, white wellness people are guilty of this, expressing that they want to see a peaceful protest, but forgetting to condemn the violence that is inherent in racism that Black people have been facing for generations and generations so think about honestly how ridiculous that is you are critiquing methods of protest and expressing that you know two wrongs don't make a right when you've seen you know businesses being looted or some of the some of the things that are happening but hey think about the root of American uh, society and economy in the first place. Think about the looting that took place in the continent of Africa by European nations for hundreds of years, even prior to the creation of America. But that set the stage for global conquest for lack of a better term that um, And the legacy of that, that continues today. You know, we've heard time and time again how this country was built from slavery and stolen land. And that's the absolute truth. So before you condemn a black person today for their methods of protest, think about the hundreds of years of violence And racism that led to those feelings of frustration with this system that continues to undermine their very ability to breathe in safety in this country today. So we just want to say that, you know, as wellness people, of course, we we encourage uh, what we call healthy methods of releasing our anger and and uh, of of releasing our stress. But at the same time, as people of color, we recognize that sometimes that's damn near impossible when you have gone through so much in your life that these um, so-called nonviolent methods have never worked for you. And um, so again, just, just really think critically before criticizing.
1: And I know a lot of you out there have a heavy heart with everything that we're seeing on the news and social media um, and just with the incident itself. And just through interactions I've had with people over Zoom and social media, I'm seeing that many people are very, very triggered by this. And people of, of all walks of life are very triggered by this and have a heavy heart, myself included. And we need to remember to take care of ourselves first because no one is going to do this for us. And this is what we've been talking about all along for a long time, even before the pandemic. We've been talking about, it's important. One of the best things we can do to be a good citizen in our community and in this world is to take care of ourselves and walk in a good way. And Chelsea, that was what you were saying a lot during the whole situation at Standing Rock, when people were kind of feeling a little hopeless, like, what do we do? How do we react? And many people were saying, Just follow your good ancestral ways. Continue to live in a good way and teach our children that. That's one of the best and most powerful things we can do. And so it's important for us to continue on with that personal healing movement that we've been on for a while. It's important to bring balance to our spiritual, physical selves because that's where it starts. It starts with our own life force that we carry in our hearts. You know, that electrical impulse in your heart, that's a manifestation of your spirit which connects your brain, your heart, your gut, limbs, all of that through the central nervous system. And so practicing a well life is using those various modalities that bring peace, balance, harmony to that total state of being. And from there, that is where we start to bring balance and harmony to our families and in our communities. Um, it starts in there with ourselves, so it's really important that that we get into that during this time and, and 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 continue that. We many of us started that during the the pandemic when people were forced to be in isolation. They learned a lot about themselves, and so. It's important that we, again, always learn to uh, find ways to cope with our anxiety, our depression, our anger, our, our fear, um, and just the heightened tension that we're experiencing at this time. So one of the first things that we can do and that we talk about all the time, and I've been talking about my personal social media of the past couple of days, is finding a healthy outlet to exert your emotional pain. That's through movement, through art, through song, through dance, various forms of meditation, mindful breathing exercises and ceremony. Like find all these different modalities, find what works for you, because these are various ways to help release up a lot of that stagnant energy that we have, not just in our central nervous system from experiencing trauma, but in our organs, even in our our joints, all of that. And I know that many times when we are angry and feeling hopeless, maybe we're not active. We just stay still. We stay cooped up. We shell up. And when we do that, we're hanging on to all of that. And the other day I got out to do some, do a couple of hill sprints and it was already like 104 out during the day. And I felt a huge release after doing that. I felt a huge release and my mind felt much more Clear, And that's what's important to have during this time is clarity and foresight and, and looking inward and thinking, how am I going to navigate forward into everything in society right now? How am I going to be the best that I can? Or am I going to break or am I going to let it all get to me and I'm going to just contribute to the problem? So find, find your modality that's going to help you.
0: So the next wellness method that we want to share is to be uh, supportive Partner or a family member or friend to whomever you know that is really struggling right now. Um, And again, like we've mentioned, be particularly astute to the concerns of uh, our Black brothers and sisters. Remember that, also, side note, but very important, uh, we have a huge population of people who are both Black American and Native American. There's been a lot of intermixing of our cultures over the years and sometimes that aspect of our community is overlooked and shown no love and that's a big problem. Jiassi um, Ross who is a friend of Tosh and mine and he's been a mentor of mine in the journalism world he talks a lot about that and he has written articles before for example on how native communities we often um, uh, celebrate our native athletes who might be mixed with some white ancestry, but how we ignore and pay a lot less attention to the native athletes who are mixed with black. And that's racism. And that's a problem. So these are the kind of things that we have to start. You can Google that article, by the way, I'm sure it's, it was originally published in Indian country today and a few years back. And You know, so these are the kind of things that we have to continue to learn about and understand in order to eradicate anti-blackness in native communities. There's no place for it there. And, um, so be a supportive partner and lend an open ear, especially to our, our black relatives who are having a hard time right now. Now is the time to use your strength and use, um, the empowerment that you have manifested in in years on your wellness journey. Use that strength and lend some of it to, to our relatives who might be having a hard time right now.
1: And the next thing that you might actively do is you might limit your social media if it's getting too much for you, if it's causing you to, to, to feel much more anger uh, much more anxiety, just like during the pandemic, many people had started to limit the amount of news input that they were they were seeing. They were limiting the amount of time that they're on social media because it was it was really triggering a lot it was making it very difficult for a lot of people to go with their to their day-to-day activities. And I think it's important to, to limit that. It's 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 important to stay informed and it's important to use our platforms to create awareness and to continue to take action uh, remotely. But it's also important to take care of yourself, know when to step back and to put your phone down or to close the laptop or walk away from the TV. And that's something that I have to do myself. And it's easy to just go down a rabbit hole and just keep continuing to see, see, see so much more. That's going to make us much more angry. So that's something too, that don't be afraid to unplug for just a little while or to have designated times to which you are utilizing your social media.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, there are many ways to be an, an advocate outside of social media. And in fact, encourage everybody to find those ways. Because that type of advocacy, whether it's voting, whether it's getting involved in politics, whether it's um, deciding that you're going to commit part of your education to taking African American studies classes if you're in college, whether it's uh, going out and and protesting, getting on the front lines, there's so many ways outside of social media to be more active in these issues than on so continue to seek those non-optical ways of advocacy and and that's what we are going to continue to do as well some of the things that have already crossed my mind is um highlighting more black voices on our indigenous wellness platform There are, as I mentioned, a lot of uh, black people out there who are doing really good decolonial wellness work. And um, it's very relevant to what we do in the native community. And I think there's a lot of space for collaboration there. So that's one thing that we're gonna be looking to do, elevating black voices on our indigenous wellness platform. Um, We're also going to be learning continuing to learn. There's a lot of books that have already impacted me over the years that I've read. Um, A few that come to mind. I always say the first and foremost is the autobiography of Malcolm X. When I read that book in high school, it completely changed my life. It actually taught me a lot about indigenous activism as well. So read that. Uh, There's a book called Bury the Chains that's all about the history of exploitation of the Congo, which is a country in Africa, I really recommend people who want to understand the brutality of European colonialism in Africa. Check that book out. One more I will mention is the work of Dr. Cornell West. Um, his, his books and his speeches and his... Uh, everything that he has to say is absolutely life-changing if you never come across it before. So, I mean, there's so many, so many we could mention. I'll stop there, but we will make a list. Again, Black activism and advocacy and Indigenous Native American advocacy really inform one another. And it's always important for us to remember that we are a part of that brotherhood and sisterhood, and that we have a responsibility to one another. And so if you're having a hard time, again, thinking about your role in this movement, just think about how good it feels when people from the Black community selflessly support Native American issues. I, for one, always appreciate that. And so try to do the same. And again, Tosh and I, are learning ourselves. We don't have all the answers. We might have misspoke a few times. I know we were both kind of nervous to record this podcast. Uh, We don't want to say the wrong thing or um, shame anyone or um, say anything that might be come off in an offensive way when we didn't mean it to. But hey, like we find it very important to have these conversations and to put ourselves out there as as supporters of this movement and to officially say yes, Well for Culture supports Black Lives Matters. So thank you so much for listening. Um and we will continue to work on advocacy and being good allies ourselves. Because that is wellness.